This is recording number 10957 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, November 27, 2011. This is the first message in the series titled, The Signs of the Season. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Virgin Birth. So Isaiah 7, put something there to hold your place, bookmark it if you're on an electronic device, and then Luke chapter 1, because we're going to begin reading there. Now I am a, I am a typical male, and I know this is a generalization, not everybody is as weird as me, but I think uh, men are typically... At least the joke goes that we don't like to ask directions. And that is absolutely true for me. It's like an admission of weakness. You know, I just can't do it. I want, for, I want to be uh, self-sufficient when it comes to finding my way around. So to me, signage is a big, big deal. And my wife, if she was here, she would testify. She would tell you that I can get a little uh, weirded out, shall we say, when uh, signs are incomplete or... Like for a long time on uh, Mare Island where we live, one of the streets that gets you to our house is called Rickover. And the, the street sign was missing for months. And it just drove me crazy. Not that I don't know where I live. But just the idea that the sign wasn't there just drove me nuts. So I am very... I am uh, very uh, concerned about signage, and one of the things that I wanted to make sure we had around this building when we moved in here a little over a year ago was good signs, so that if you came in, you could find where you need to go. We're going to be talking about the signs of the season. The Bible is full of many signs, things that are, you know, miraculous or out of the ordinary, things that, ways that God reaches into the natural order of things and changes them. And he does that uh, first and foremost simply out of his love for us. Uh, But he also does that as a sign, a way of getting our attention pointed towards him. And around the birth of Jesus, uh, there's a swarm of these signs, and we're going to consider three of them. The virgin birth, the manger... And the star. And these are very, uh, very uh, familiar symbols. Uh, They're always on Christmas cards or in Christmas pageants or however you, you know, different things that that people see this time of year. And so they, it may be that uh, it's going to take a little bit of reconsideration on your part to think of them as Sign something that gets your attention. Now, when I was driving home from L.A. the other day, uh, I guess it was Friday, uh, I passed a billboard out on Interstate 5, and this was kind of gross, but it was a bunch of eyeballs and a butterfly net. And what it was was an ad for the advertising company that owns that and operates that billboard. And it was meant to say, we can catch eyeballs. We can get people's attention. So hire us and you can have a sign here and it will get people's attention. 
I, signs are designed for that purpose. They're to, they are designed to get our attention and to point us towards something, some information that's important to us or at least important to the person who, who uh, put up the sign. These signs that we're talking about here, the virgin birth, the manger, and the star, for many of us, and I would almost say most of us, have lost that sense of punch to them. They don't capture our attention as much any longer as they maybe once did or as they were intended to. And so, uh, before we go too much further, I want for us to take a look at the scripture, in fact, uh, I, uh, I want us to read a very familiar passage from Luke chapter 1. But I want to ask you to consider it with fresh eyes. So we'll start reading Luke chapter 1 verse 30. Then the angel said to her, the her here is Mary. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. That means Israel. House of Jacob means Israel. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man, meaning I've not had sexual relations with a man, how can this be? You see, we take this for granted now because most of us in the room have heard this story so many times and have come to believe in this story, come to believe in this truth. But here Mary is hearing this for the first time and she's asking the most obvious question because this startles her. As it should us. This was meant to be a sign. Something that captures our attention. She says, how can this be? Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, the angel's explanation there still doesn't, doesn't uh, completely do it, does it? doesn't tell us exactly how a virgin can conceive and bear, uh, bear a child. But it does say that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. And Mary puts her faith and trust in this word from the Lord. And, and the rest, as they say, is history. I want to ask you to turn to um, that other passage. I had you mark Isaiah chapter 7. And we're going to look at verse 14, just one verse. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. When Isaiah was writing these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and actually, uh, it wasn't written first, it was spoken. When, when the Lord had uh, Isaiah speak these words and then record them, it was 700 years before they would be fulfilled. 700 years before they would be fulfilled. And Isaiah is charged by the Lord to say, to declare, I'm going to give you a sign. Not just to Isaiah, but to anyone who would hear these words. I'm going to give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name will be 
Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. How would you have liked to have been uh, Isaiah and charged to give this outrageous declaration? In those days, uh, someone who, proclaim, who claimed to be a prophet, the way that you uh, 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 were judged on the valuation of your prophecy was whether it came true or not. I can just imagine God's, uh, this conversation in, in you know, Isaiah's head. And God says to him, Isaiah, I want you to say, I want you to declare, I want you to go on record saying, a virgin shall conceive. Now you realize that's an impossibility, right? Uh, Isaiah, I want you to go on record as saying, declaring, God told me this. A virgin is going to conceive. I can almost imagine Isaiah saying, Dear God, can you find someone else to deliver that? Because it is so weird. It is. It's so impossible, so strange. And exactly, it's meant to be a sign. And we're going to talk today about what that sign, the three things at least, that that sign points us to. The virgin birth is meant to get our attention and to point us to some truths about God. First of all, that he keeps his promises. The virgin birth is a divine signpost pointing to the one who keeps promises against all odds. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you will deal with, there is nothing too hard for him. In fact, the Bible says that plainly. There is nothing too hard for him. The virgin birth forever reveals to us a God who is not limited in any way. He keeps his promise. Now somebody told me, I didn't actually count them myself, but somebody tells me there are 7,000 promises in this book from God to you. The virgin birth that we hear about this time of year and consider reminds us that the God who spoke each one of these can be counted on to keep each one of these. You can safely trust him. Now for many of us, we don't even know what that's like. There is no one in our life that we can trust absolutely. I don't know about you, but I, am, I find myself always making contingency plans. <clears throat> I love my wife, and you know that. I, uh, she, I, I treasure her. But when she says, oh, I'll pick that up for you, I make contingency plans because I don't know that she will. <laughs> now, I trust her completely, but you know what I mean. There's no one in this world that we absolutely can trust except God. I'm here today to tell you that the virgin birth tells us, reminds us, points us to the one that you can trust with the most tenderest, 
vulnerable parts of your life. He is absolutely trustworthy. He keeps his promises against all odds. And he keeps them right on time. Even if they take 700 years. Now if it took 700 years I wouldn't be around to see it. But I know what it's like. To feel like it's the 11th hour or more like midnight when God comes through. But you know what? As I look back, always in hindsight, of course, you know, uh, as we look forward to things, God is never fast enough. You figured that out? Never. But always right on time. When I look back, I always say, thank God. Thank you, God. <laughs> you know what you're doing. And I'm always astounded at the miraculous nature of the way God keeps things or, or causes things to happen right when they need to. And he keeps his promise regardless of our weaknesses. Now here's the trouble. A lot of us don't think we're worthy of him keeping his promises. Yeah, those 7,000 promises in the, that are in the Bible, they're for somebody, but they're not for me. Because, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm like. And that's true for many of you. Although for some of you, I do know what you've done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the truth is, though, these are for you. And not only these, but the ones that God whispers in the private places of your heart. Those promises, too, he will keep. And the good thing is that he, or the wonderful thing, the great thing is he keeps his promises not because we deserve them, but because he loves us. Not because we've earned them, but because he cares for us. So the virgin birth points us to the one who keeps promises. It also points us to the one who truly understand or who truly understands. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says that you're going to call this this uh, miraculously conceived child, Emmanuel, which means God with us. The fact that Jesus was born of a virgin means that he is fully God and fully man. When we, the Bible tells us that when we come to Jesus, we come to one who knows because he has faced everything that human, any human being will ever face. He faced it. Dear one, the Bible says there's nothing, nothing that you or anyone else can ever encounter in this life that Jesus didn't also stare down. But he did it triumphantly. And he did so. So that he could lead you and me through it. The virgin birth points us to the one who truly understands. When you're going through that heart, deep, heart-wrenching brokenness that many of us, uh, dare I say all of us, encounter at some point or time in our life. When you're going through that, you come to the one who knows, who fully understands understands you know in those times when someone is trying to comfort you and you just it's just falling flat 
And you want to say to them, just be quiet, please. You don't know. You don't know. Well, he does. He does know. And the virgin birth reminds us of that. Finally, it points us to the one who keeps his promises, who truly understands, and who is always with us. Always with us. Emmanuel means God with us. The Bible says that when we come to faith in Christ, meaning that I, I receive his offer of forgiveness and put my trust in him, place my life in his hands, that he takes residence in me. The Holy Spirit actually indwells me. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible also says he will never leave or forsake me. Never. Ever. He will never abandon you. Have you ever had someone who's walked out on you? Left you twisting in the wind? An institution perhaps that failed you. Didn't come through for you. The Bible says that this one, Jesus, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, will never leave you or forsake you. And then it says that nothing can separate us from him. I know those things can kind of sound synonymous, but they're really not. Nothing can, wedge, can get wedged between you and me. I mean, he, he, him and me. Nothing can wedge itself in there, separating me from him. Nothing. Nothing I do, nothing anyone else does. Nothing can separate him from me. So the virgin birth reminds us of these things, that this, this great God of ours has come in human form, born of a virgin, as startling, as unbelievable, as incredible as that may sound, he did that on purpose to show us that he keeps his promises, that he truly understands, and that he is always with us.